Hello and welcome to 1882. This is your Tottenham podcast. Um, I am Ash, I'm your host as usual and for the first time ever we're recording back to back. It looks like Christian's already abandoned us though. So fuck knows what's going there. I'll go first to our uh, our new guest. He's his first time joining us. It's Ferg. How you doing mate? I'm good mate. One good, good to be on. It's great to have you. And Chris has finally actually showed up. <laughs> How you doing, bro? How we doing, man? All right? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Uh, Ferg, we always like to get to know the new guests the first time they're on. So can you tell us a little bit about how you sort of come into the Spurs family, as it were? Right, uh, my brother's a massive Spurs fan, uh, and he's uh, six years older than me. And for one of his, I think it was his 10th birthday, uh, our dad took us to see a game at White Hot Lane, but I was only four years old, so I don't really remember who it was against. Um, but I, can, I just have this vivid memory of being on the shelf, being put on a box, <laughs> on a little box <laughs> at the front, because they still had the barriers up, up at the front. Um, and then a couple of years later, in sort of 86, 87 season, um, my dad took us quite a lot. So I watched us beat West Brom, I think it was 5-0. Um, and we went to a few other games and I just thought we were the best team in the world. Clive Allen and Glenn Hoddle and uh, Ozzy. So I was fortunate enough to see us when we were really good before the Baron years that followed in the <laughs> yeah. 90s. Yeah. I was about yeah. to say, that's, that's a similar story to mine until you said about the players, because I was the one in the 90s. But if it yeah. weren't for if it weren't for Chris and, and an older cousin of ours, I probably would have ended up being one of the Londoners that supports United because <laughs> that's the way I was leaning towards. But Christian showed me the light of the lily white and, and here we are. Yeah. Right, let's not mess about. We were told that we were going to get absolutely battered and if we tried to press and play our game, we were going to be embarrassed and all sorts. But they fucking didn't do it, did they, Chris? No, tactical FC, man. I don't know what they're talking about. I swear to God, man. Literally, I, they were coming out with these all these fantasies. Oh, if you invert with a doji, then this Saka's just going to play out wide. Like, he's not going to run back and cover him. Um, they didn't think about the matchups. Inchenko versus Kulu. They didn't think about much at all. They just, they've got this feeling in their head that they've just got superiority over everyone. They got Mr. Golden Boy William Saliba at the back. But don't worry, what's next to him in terms of like Ben White, who half decent player can do a job but he can be get at they didn't really know of any weaknesses they they just underestimated Tottenham at all like proper underestimated it mm. um quite disrespectful if you ask me really four five nil like that's not a team that you beat in the prem like to do that they've got to be either really bad or it's just a just a random one of them days and uh did they get? Their, did they have to eat their humble pie? But the weird thing was, was the they were chatting was, oh. you know, these these guys that write the novels, the guys <laughs> that write those novel long tweets about oh Arsenal's tactical superiority and Arteta's ball knowledge and whatever his ball sack and everything else, <laughs> absolute drivel. And they were going to smash us 4-0 and how elite they are at not letting anyone shoot at them. Well, they didn't look elite when Fulham scored two against them. So <laughs> the level of arrogance they've got, you'd think they're a Man City, not uh, 
a team that benefited massively last season from not having a proper Euro- European competition they went for and going out of the Cups early. But the weird thing was, it wasn't just, like, as you mentioned the tacticals, but it weren't just their fans. The media seemed to be loving it as well and proper jumping on board as if, like, as if, as if we're mugs and as if Ant hasn't done what he's done throughout his career and always upset the apple cart. That was just, uh, what is it? Why Why do the media, is it just because that what gets most interactions? Not because there's more of them. I don't know why. Arsenal players, when they finish their career, they all want to be on the screen still. It's either Alan, Alan Smith probably the worst. <laughs> I hate Alan Smith. Then you got Paul Merson. Then you got Darren Bent on Talksport and freaking hell. No wonder why you shit at football because he doesn't fucking understand it at all. <laughs> like, fuck me, like they're just players. They just not, there's so many of them. I don't know why. Merson's a joke, Fred. Why do we? Why would anyone listen to anything that Merson has to say? Like his every every prediction he's ever made since coming back onto the TV has been an absolute fucking disaster. I mean, he's not quite in Lawrence and levels of fraudulence, <laughs> but um, I mean, he's tired now, isn't he? So we don't get his. Remember, Liverpool win every game, no yeah. matter what happens to him. That's true. And uh, I think Spurs are normally about 18th under Lawrence. Yes, you know what. I love it that way. Bring it on. Keep underestimating us. And uh, I want us to. Be, I want us to. Everyone to write us off. I always liked that best under Poch when we were written off, when no one believed that we were doing. And and I think that's the best place to be. I don't want people bigging us up. I want people to think they're going to batter us so we can we can turn up and and show them. Speaking of media being really weird, the fact the thing that I remember most from the game was how weird Gary Neville was about Udoki's performance. Just because he got a yellow card, all of a sudden, this guy can't hack it, he can't be inverted, you need to ditch the inverted fullback, Saka's running the game. That weren't true at all. That weren't true in the slightest. Udoki is for not... We've waxed lyrical about him on this show all the time, but he's that good, isn't he, Chris? He's a better fullback than Neville. <laughs> like, let's let's not forget, like Neville played in one of the greatest teams ever, and guess what? It's probably their biggest weakness, because because you weren't running at Rio, you weren't running at Vidic, you weren't running at Yapstam, you weren't even running at Patrick Ebra. Like, who were they going at? They'll go at Beckham and they'll go at Neville. Beckham only but because Beckham took his arm. Yeah, that helped Gary out. Beckham machine it going up and down and helping him out. And who was helping the doggy out at the weekend? Like Johnson had clearly been pushed right up the field, and so he was isolated. And he still, after the booking, he was immaculate. Hundred percent. And I think Saka done. Saka knew he was up against because Saka gets the ball and runs to the byline. He he happily beats someone. Where every time he got the ball against the doggy, he cut inside, and he was playing early passes that yes made him look good. Yes, it, he was playing dangerous passes, I get that, first 15, 20 minutes. But there was a time where, in the first half, he got the ball very wide, and it was a doji, and I think only Van der Ven. And Van der Ven was nowhere near a doji. He could have tried to outrun him. He didn't. He cut inside, slowed down the game, went backwards. Like, he knew who he was up against. And, listen, we just got to be honest... Saka's de- definitely got a mental block when it comes to Italians, so <laughs> they just should have been aware of this from the beginning. Well, I think um, the fact was, like, 
Van der Ven and, and him grew into that game. The longer the game went on, the better they were. And um, Van der Ven's sliding tackle was absolutely superb as well. And I mean, he, so far, and I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but he looks like a Rolls Royce for signing. Um, he is quality. Um, I just hope we, hope we haven't been Kevin Wimmered and <laughs> we end up out there. Maybe he ain't that great, but I think he looks a real deal to me. He looks a bargain at that price. He's got, all the, he's got all the attributes for the Prem. All of them. Whereas Kevin Vimmer, even one Foyth, they, yeah, Vimmer was big, he was strong. Foyth had the passing range, but this guy has got the pace, he's got the height, he's got the strength, he's got the the ability to 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 beat a man if he wants to, can drive the ball forward. He, he's this, got it all. He's yeah. not just concentrating on one area. What is the ceiling, Ferg, for this centre-back partnership? We've been craving for something like this since Toby and Yan. Are we looking I at those think, levels? Are we looking past that? What do you reckon? I think they could be better than Because I think they've both got the attribute that Toby and um, Yan didn't have. They're both quick. Neither of them two are quick. And I think we've also got to, got to admit that Toby came to us right at the end of his prime. Mm. Had he come to us before he went to somewhere like Atletico and a lot of time spending on the bench, or even before he went to Southampton, I think then we'd have had a better comparison because we'd have had him for a longer spell in his prime. Um, he was he was just getting ready to turn the hill. Um, Jan Vertonghen for a long time played with shit. Yeah, Jan was superb for us but if those two had a chance to build a partnership for a longer period I think those two could have even exceeded what they had already done mm. uh, but even just to be compared to them two I honestly think that Van der Ven and Romero should Romero stay because um, I believe he's going to have offers from every club in the, in the world um, they could go on to be some of the greatest defenders we've ever had the likes of Gary Maybar and people like that They'll be right up there. But what they yeah. both have that Toby and Yan didn't have was aggression. They're mm. both more than willing to get in the dirty side and like really go in to try and win the ball. And I don't know whether that just looks great because of Andrew's style and that's what he wants. But that to me is what sets them or what gives them the opportunity to surpass what we saw from Toby and Yan. Well, I think it's uh, they're both uh, collectively they're a little bit um, taller. I think. Romero is slightly taller than Toby and and um, Van der Ven's a lot taller than Ibrahim. <laughs> like he's a big lad. They're both quicker. Uh, that, 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 like, like Christian said, the danger is uh, a Real Madrid or a Barcelona uh, targeting Romero for their centre-half if Barcelona ever sort their finances out. Um, and I think the pull of either of those two sides would be too strong for him to turn down as well. So... But I just hope he's well. He said in that interview quite recently that he wants to stay a long time and and do great things at the club. But those two, you know, they are the the linchpin of the team for potentially for the next five plus years as a as a centre half partnership. The only thing that worries me greatly is the lack of cover from both of them. Yeah, we do need to do something about that in January because Daya hasn't got anything that either of those two has <laughs> or any other centre back for that. Good point. <laughs> um, Elite pointing. Yeah, yeah, he, he can pass the blame on like nobody else. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we do, we do need cover. That much is obvious. But going back to going back to the Arsenal game, 
I want to say where was it won and lost, but it weren't won and lost. So, Christian, what what do you think defined that game? What where, where were the battle, battles won and lost? Basuma waking up. Mm. Once Basuma woke up, the whole game changed. Whole game because I don't think Madison was particularly bad in the, when we were playing bad, but he just he had to drop a lot deeper. He wasn't getting the ball as much. Some was a bit more isolated. Um, when Basuma turned up, it just clicked. It just absolutely clicked. And I and I thought that second half was probably one of the best midfield performances I've seen for years. He was that good second half. But yeah, that that's where it, that was for me. I think the only it was I think Van der Ven was always playing well. I don't think even when we were playing bad, I think a lot of the the defending was good. I think apart from the Jesus challenge uh, shot and the oh, target, shit, mate. Though, he? How's he not hit the target with that? Yeah, fuck, <laughs> fuck shit, mate. Trying but, to say that he's the star, he's the striker over Son. Fuck off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus can't finish to save his life. He's 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 the link he's the link up god, but he can't do fuck all else. <laughs> like you can see why Pepper sold him. You can definitely really tell. Played him wing for all those years and, and moved him around and never would play him as the as a central guy and played with no striker rather than playing him there because he ain't that guy. Hundred percent. And I honestly believe Basuma is the linchpin of our of our team, regardless of that Arsenal game. As good as Madison is, I don't think he's allowed to do what he does best without Basuma behind him. I think Basuma just links everything up amazingly. He gives the freedom to everyone else, and I just think he's been the standout man of the season so far, in my opinion. But not because he's got Madison's not been good or Son's not been good. I just think without him, they don't do what they're doing. I think Madison, as the second, as the first half wore on, got more and more adventurous with the things he was trying to do, um, and he was pinging balls out wide for people. And I think one of the first ones he pinged it out wide was, you know, the Poro cross that yep. they get rid of. And they started to put them more on the back foot because they weren't, they weren't, they were trying to press us so much they were leaving the gaps. Um, and then that started to make them worry about defending against us. And we all pushed up together and Basuma just grew and grew. And Rice's influence in the game like became less and less, obviously, before he ended up coming off. Um, and then the second half, great. <laughs> oh, as soon as Jorginho came on, I was licking my lips. I was like, <laughs> this guy, he will not be able to handle Saar, Basuma, and Madison. They're just too dynamic for him. Yeah. Even in the first half, I'll be honest with you. Like, even with Rice on the pitch, had had Basuma woke up, I think Saar was poor in the game. Um, but I like the way he just kept going worked his absolute socks off and I couldn't and he kept trying the same passes even though he missed the first one or misplaced it he'd do it again and for me that's that's what I want to see a youngster do let's not forget he's 19 and clearly allowed him to make mistakes which is fantastic to see so I'm not gonna go too much on his performance mm. but had Saar been the Saar we know he's capable of had Basuma woke up from the first minute I think we could have dominated the full 90. What I really like about this team is how well 
they they seem to be adapting to to what the opposition is doing. So we saw a similar circumstance at United, where the first 20 minutes we were struggling with their press, particularly their, the patterns of their press and, and their different triggers. And it took us 20 minutes. But after that, we we I don't know if there's instruction coming from the bench because Ange isn't the most animated guy compared to Legahead next to him. But um, yeah, the players just seem to be able to to adapt and and overcome whatever whatever's coming their way. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying I'm not saying that we're going to be undefeated all season, but <laughs> no, not dreaming. I think uh, what a lot of people are missing is that the way they set up with the the short kicks out from the goalkeeper. They're almost doing an analysis of the press of the other team. They're waiting to see what their press looks like and figure it out. And that's when we got caught on the ball a few times. And once they started to figure out how they were going to press, they started to find their ways around them. And a great thing about the signings that Andrew clearly earmarked is a lot of them uh, press resistant in their own way. Obviously, you've got Basuma, who's got that amazing ability to turn quickly in between two players, and he's strong and he can hold them off. But Van der Ven can turn quite quickly. He's really big and strong and he can just bust forward and then play the ball and he's elegant with the ball. And he and um, Romero can do similar things. His range of passing is really good. He's really comfortable. So it's it's completely the antithesis of what we had under Conte. We had a centre-half in Dyer who can't defend well enough to be him and he just pings these horrible ball, balls wide. Can you imagine Dyer? I, I, I think the other thing as well, I think the other yeah. thing as well is that... Um, with what you said, Ash, I don't think any instructions coming from Ange apart from before and half time. Mm. I think what he's done and why the players are reacting is he's given them full responsibility on that pitch. They need to work it out. Unless it's going dreadfully wrong, he might change something. But if you see him and even the way he speaks, the players have got full responsibility. If they want to try something that they think in the moment, he allows them to do it. He allows them to be mavericks. It's not your way, like Pep, for example. Pep, everything's very robotic, and you can't you can't say that that doesn't work because it, clearly it does. But it might not work for another team, and I think that's where Arsenal's struggling because Arteta's trying to do the the Pep way. Even Pochettino now, he's changed a little bit. He's a little bit more robotic. It's not working at Chelsea. It's not going to work at every club. And you need a certain quality of player to do it. And I feel what Ange has done for players like Madison, for players like Son, who their whole careers, Son's been allowed to run at people. Son's allowed to carry the ball, even if it's from his own half, carry it the whole way. He's released those shackles and say, right, you want to do it? Do it, but don't fuck up. And I, well, I, don't, know, I, I don't think he's saying don't fuck up. I think he's saying go, give it a go. If you fuck up, it's fine learn, figure out a new way of doing what you're trying to do, but keep going. Don't give yeah, up. I mean, every, don't fuck up in, ter- in terms of the the whole match, like the full yeah. 90. Don't yeah. come off there losing. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's break down each goal one by one then. So, obviously, we the game started fairly early on, as always seems to be the case at, uh, at Arsenal away. There's always an own goal or something fucking stupid goes on, and and it was an own goal in this case. So, Ferg, do you wanna do you wanna break us down and let us know your thoughts on, on what happened there? Oh, it was it was a good run inside. I think Sacre tried to go wide a couple of times early, and and he decided to cut in, inside this time. 
Um, the space opened up um, inside Adoji and the rest of the of the players kind of backed off him a little bit and then he hit the shot. It was going wide or it was going to be covered by Vicario. And I, I get it, you're a defender, you're going to try and get something on it just to make sure because you can't see behind you. And I think, uh, unfortunately, Romero just scuffed at it and it flew right in. Um, do, you, do you lay any blame at Romero's door for that? You've got you've got to try and defend the ball. Unless mm. the keeper says leave it, you've got to try and defend the ball. Yeah, so, I mean, the only, the only reason I ask is because uh, there's been a few people, and I think I think whoever was the pundits on Sky was saying that it was a lazy sort of hack at the ball. But he didn't have much time to <laughs> to do anything. All you can do is just swing a body part at it and hope hope you get enough of it, right? The same moron would say, or Gary Neville would say the exact. If he didn't put his foot out, you've got to be going for that ball. So, yeah. <laughs> so he can't win. He's I think with for Romero, it was just he didn't move his feet quick enough. So either way, even if he wanted to evade the ball, he would have had to move to his right because the ball was hitting him if he stood still. And it could have probably still go in. So instead of trying to move out of the way, he's tried to move inside to get his full body behind it. But he's just not moved quick enough, which happens. Right? I think the biggest mistake for me comes from Adoji and Johnson. Well, especially Johnson. Yeah. Um, because Saka cuts in. Ben White does that massive overlap. And the reason why Saka's allowed that shot is because Adoji falls back. But Johnson just got his head down chasing Ben White. What he should have been done, he should have swapped. Yeah. Right, the player's going further back. Johnson stay on Saka, Adoji move back and pick him up. So just a bit of lack of communication there. But honestly, can you blame... I'm not going to say it's totally Johnson because there's numerous times we could have stopped that that play. Um, but listen, I, I believe Madison uh, got fouled before that all happened anyway. But yeah. yeah. That's how it happened. Well, speaking of Madison, so after Saka did that goal, he did his uh, little his little celebration, taking the piss out of Madison. Even though the whole point of the Madison dart thing is about accuracy, and Saka's shot was going wide. himself right off. Um, yeah, and obviously, um, I can't remember, what, was it across from the right from Saar? They failed to clear it. The ball ends up with, with Madison with his back, well, he's out, he's out on the corner with his back to goal and Saka sort of face-to-face. And he, he turns him with ease. And, that, I mean, the, the no, bit... No, 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 not turning with ease. With skill, he fine. <laughs> bends him over. <laughs> and he was like, don't do that again. Body between uh, the ball and Saka, so he couldn't dive in, otherwise he would have brought him down. And they, I bet they were told, do not give any free kicks in dangerous areas with Madison on the pitch too. So I bet that was an instruction. Yeah, I mean, the that pass, was... The that, pass was so good. I was just you, about to say that. Have you seen the slow-mo of it? The pass or the turn? No, no, the turn. Yeah, the Premier League so, tweeted out, didn't they? So what, what Madison does so well is he's, when, the ball, when he saw Saka come towards him, a lot of players, their, their feint is very quick and sharp and then they go the other way. What he did to make it seem a lot more natural that he was going to go backwards... He did it really slow. He sort of faded a little bit left, and then it was just bang, straight, gone. And mm. Saka didn't have a clue where he'd gone. He lo- totally lost him. Didn't yeah, it was a fantastic piece of skill. But like, like Fergal alluded to, that pass, to be able to find Son on the edge of the six-yard box in between three Arsenal players, 
I don't know how many other players in, in the Premier League would be able to, fa- to find that. That was a sensational piece of, of Madison's skill. And the finish was superb as well. Like, it was the only place he could have put it that would have ended up in the back of the net, and he found it. With the outside of his foot, just nonchalantly, <laughs> it, looked, yeah. it looked, made it look so easy. It was ridiculous. But Son, Son's in a, uh, in a proper purple patch at the moment. He's always been a bit of a purple patch player. But going through the middle now at this stage of his career, taking on the responsibility of, of being the club captain, he seems to have really got got that in, got, got into it, hasn't he, Ferg? I think it's uh, it's saved him because I don't think he's got that burst, that last burst of acceleration that he quite used to have back back when he was on the wing. I don't think he can beat a man anymore. Um, there, everyone's wised up to him going out wide and, and hitting the curved shot. So I think uh, it's a perfect time in his career for him to become a central player instead of trying to play him out wide. And the the sign of Madison is perfect, just unlocks him completely. Yeah, Chris, how would you... Uh, yeah, no, you, You've said a few things about Son in, in recent episodes, haven't you? He's, he's no, really cool. turned it around. I think, I think he's turned it around, but I, I don't think he's he's turned around anything really in terms of output yes but i think he's just he's he knows himself like ferg says he's lost that that yard of pace that used to just be able to tear people so now it's a lot more a lot more about timing i think what's helped is he doesn't need to play with his back to goal a lot of it is running at defenders because he's still got enough speed and reaction time to react quicker than centre backs he might not outpace them over 100 yards but in a quick reaction, he's still got that. Um, and what I've noticed is, yes, he still gets involved with a bit of link-up play before I get attacked, but a lot of his work is always in the final third and it's very quick reaction passes. He's not holding on. He's not trying to bring in players into the game. And a lot of it is off the ball work that he's always been good at. He's always been good at timing his runs. He was very rarely a player that was always offside like you get certain strikers or even wingers that they were so bad at their timing, they just didn't know how to beat the offside trap. San, Son's never had that issue. Mm. We've seen it numerous times when Kane used to pass the ball. Um, so in that sense, I think it was always going to work. Um, I don't think it would have worked under any other manager um, because of the type of nine that Ange wants to play. Um, but it's definitely brought him back to to being in a happy place, which is great to see. Yeah, and obviously he goes on to score again. But before that, we've got to talk about Arsenal's second goal. I've got a feeling the three of us might all have our own different opinion on it because it is a controversial topic. And obviously we're always talking about it here from, from the Spurs perspective. But Ferg, what did you make about the decision to give a pen, penalty eventually Not- after VAR? It's from too close a distance. His hand's not in an unnatural position. There's no way he can't flip. What do they want defenders to never be able to use their body in the correct fashion? They've all got to be robots with their hands behind their back. It's just ridiculous. And there's been other penalties that have been given, uh, sorry, have not been given for more clear infractions than that. And yet, I, I just knew though, I knew as soon as it happened, I was like, this will go to VAR and they're going to bloody give it because I think they were looking to give them as much as they could. 
and like every 50-50 it felt like they got mm. um I mean you know it shouldn't even have been a penalty in the first place because I think White didn't he handle the ball before and there was a foul in before the corner um fell to White as well so it's just another one so both goals could probably have been ruled, ruled out before but they wouldn't go back and look at those things they would just look look to become the penalty so for I'm me, sorry. there was two things that were frustrating though Ferg for me I'm not going to blame the ref because I think it's the actual rule set that's wrong the ref is going to give them but I think what wound me up was the fact that if VAR says it's a penalty by the rules just give it why is he saying oh I don't know mate will you go to the screen like I think that puts refs in horrible positions um, I think VAR needs to be looked at and I think the rule set for that handball you can't expect the player to go down there it doesn't the ball's not even going in I think it's a doji on the line that's got plenty of time to come back and cover um, the ball's his arm's not moving towards the ball his arm doesn't flick out if you watch it it's natural swing all the way through he's going down to his knees it's not like he's just bending over um I just don't know what they want these players to do, mate. I don't, in terms of balance. I just can't stand the fact that there's no consistency, and and in in many games it's not a penalty, and and it always just it always feels like it's us that they're going to try and single out. Look, remember the bloody Dyer handball disallowed goal? Was it two or three years ago? To, was it yeah. today or yesterday? The Mora one when it hit him in the back of the shoulder. Oh like, yeah, Sheffield United. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, us. I sound like a conspiracy theorist. I think the star penalty against Newcastle as well. Yeah. How do you meant to know that guy's coming from behind him? He's just trying to control the ball. Um, yeah. I've got I've got two suggestions, and one is far more ridiculous than the second. <laughs> but I want your opinion. The first one, I think I won't be the first one to have suggested this. To be fair, but VAR was supposedly brought in to correct clear and obvious errors from the referee. In my mind, if it's taking you two, three, four minutes to fucking come to a decision, it's not clear and obvious. Would you be for setting a, I don't know, I'm going to say 20 seconds, a 20 second limit. If you can't identify anything that's happened in that 20 seconds to overturn or whatever, then it's not clear and obvious. Go with the on-field decision. That's number one. Number two, at the time when I when I saw the penalty, I think you, you saw my, some, some of you may have seen my tweet from the um, the pod's Twitter account. Um, and I agree, like the defender, there's nothing he can do. He has to be allowed to try and block the ball. It's ridiculous expecting him to stand still. It's also ridiculous for, for his arms not to move in a, to counterbalance his movement. It's going to happen. It's biomechanics. On the other side, though, if I'm looking at it as if it was um, if Tottenham were to be given that penalty, the ball is destined for the net. So I can understand the agreement from the other side. I know you said Dougie might have been there, but it was destined for the net. But a penalty seems harsh in that situation because the defender can do nothing about it. He has to be allowed to defend. He could do nothing about it. Is there scope, do you think, to, in those circumstances where it does hit the hand and it is going to go in, but the defender has absolutely nothing they can do about it, to do an indirect free kick instead of a penalty in the box? No, I I did say one was more ridiculous than the other. So uh, we'll start with you, Ferg. So first, the 20-second limit on VAR and then well, the inaccurate free kick. I've got one more point about the VAR. They watched the it. VAR in slow motion. Yeah. So they didn't see it in real time. 
So how could they possibly have made a fair decision based on because on in slow motion it looks not the best. If they watched it in real time and see the pace on the ball, they could see it's not it, it shouldn't really have been a penalty. Uh I'll go with one out of those two <laughs> options. Fair enough. Go on, Chris, I assume you're gonna say the same. No, it's definitely if you're gonna only give me them two options, one. Like Okay, well, what's your suggestion then? Clear. I just for me I just feel like they that all VAR people should be watching it in slow-mo and in real time. They should take in consideration the velocity of the ball, the trajectory, the positioning of, of the players. Was it a natural? Let's be honest. Did we have these complaints when we was growing up in the 90s? We didn't. Just go back to the old rule set. How many times has handball changed mm. in the last oh, 10 years? was arguing about it like back in yeah. the 90s. Oh, that was never a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> but the and rule set changed up. so much. Mm. It's ridiculous, the rule sets. They, they keep changing for handball. Like, I don't know. I just think for me, they just they just need to go back to the roots of football. I think they're taking it so far. Like, it was VAR's meant to have been a good thing. And had it been used like rugby, where the ref gets told it's a try or not. It's not like, can you go re-watch this and see if you think it's a try? They should be able to do it. And like yeah. you said, it's clear. they need to specify what clear and obvious is, whether it's a timer, whether it's, can you watch it in real time and guarantee me that's a pen? No. Mm-hmm. Like, but it's if, like you need, if you need slow-mo, it's not clear and obvious. But then it's, like, yeah, it's going back to the slow-mo thing. And the velocity on the replay, so you can see the shot was from two yards and it was at X pace. All right, well, that's ridiculous. It's, like, it's like they could easily use something like Snicko like they did for, like they do for cricket. Yeah, but it's, like, it's also going back to the slow mo. Not even just on handballs, but even on uh, fouls that are given in the penalty box. How many times do they slow it down so much that a tiny little tap that doesn't affect the player's movement whatsoever it's looks like an absolute boot right. in the shin? It looks it's completely different. But I want to ask you, right? How can you possibly tell me, right? It was Paul Tierney, wasn't it? Fuck knows, mate. I got right. too pissed I think off. It was to Paul Tierney on on VAR. How can he possibly tell me, right, that that was clear and obvious, but Enketier tackle on Vic- on Vicario was it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll do it. I was gonna, I was gonna how, come back to that after the goal, but let's let's do the Enketier tackle. Whatever he's called, he got that penalty for Liverpool when no one touched him. Why <laughs> wasn't the Madison one the other week not given as a penalty? That was that was outrageous. Yeah, it's so inconsistent. Consistency that drives everyone mental. That it that two very similar things can happen one week to the next, and it's a penalty one week and not a penalty the next, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. And so speaking of speaking of the refereeing decisions, we'll we'll move on to the Enketia attempt to murder Vicario. I assume we're all gonna say that it's a Stovall red card because it it was. So, Chris, why wasn't it given? Go on, do the referees. Try and find a reason for referees to not give that, because I can't. They didn't want to blame for trying to ruin the game if Tottenham go and win that. Simple as. Only logical thing. Or they're just fucking idiots. One or two. But it's just... The only defence I can see is that, yeah, but he, he didn't catch him with the studs. So then what? We've got to wait for a player's leg to be snapped in oh, up for the red to be given. still gets caught under the trailing leg. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 the intent is still there. He breaks his leg. If if he has studs up, he breaks his leg. 
But even 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 the way you contact him, if if Vicario's foot is planted on the floor, you can see he just manages to lift it up, literally just in time. If that foot is planted, his ankle is, is is snapped. So for me, right, if it was in the middle of the park and it's two players and you're just stretching mm. and you accidentally go where you studs up, I get it. This guy has travelled what 10, 15 yards through himself. Are you telling me that's not intent? Gets nowhere near the ball as well. Complete. <laughs> if it's not, if it's not, if he's not trying to hurt him, then he's absolutely dangerously reckless. You know, I, no, I'm not going to put on and catch it that he meant to hurt. That's him. what I mean. That's what I'm saying. It's it's dangerously oh, reckless he, regardless he, of his intention. Frustrated with his game, you could see it in his face. Mm. He was frustrated with his game. He wasn't getting the ball. He wasn't. Things weren't running his way. So he he tried to overcompensate by going in for the tackle. But I guarantee, if one of our players did that challenge on the keeper, it's a straight red. <laughs> 100%. I think someone said it on um, one of the spaces, and I have to agree. I think one of the reasons they don't give it as well is because Vicario doesn't do any of that rolling around, I'll be honest. I if he rolls around like Ramsdale would have fucking done. Yeah. I don't know about Ray because I've never seen him in that situation, but if Vicario lays down for a bit, they'd probably review it for a little bit longer and give it. But that's 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 something that they really need to swear. They're always talking about um, like, like bookings and stuff for simulation. But if you start giving free kicks and the right punishment for for fouls, players wouldn't feel the need to go down. It's it's quite it's quite a simple solution. You do that, and then if players are still going down after that, book them, send them off. That's it. I whatever. think they, they book for simulation, which is the wrong way to do it. The <laughs> only reason why simulation exists is because there's a grey area and they know some refs are not going to give it. So what do you do? You try and get an edge over your opponent. It's normal in competition. But we um we'll, we'll go we'll go back to some more jolly conversation. <laughs> and you mentioned uh, Jorginho's frailties there, Ferg, and you had a feeling that something would happen when he was on the pitch. I just felt physically he's he's not dominant enough to play against uh, Sara and particularly Basuma. He's not mobile enough to deal with uh, Madison's clever turns and runs either. And so I was licking my lips, thinking we got a chance here because this guy. He's passed it, and that's just beautiful, wasn't it? <laughs> but there was there was the um, there was the thing after Arsenal scored where they were like jumping in the crowd and going oh, yeah. nuts. Sucker did the fucking medicine celebration again, yeah. like a knobhead. And uh, to be fair to Gary Neville, the one thing he called right all game was them over celebrating, and he warned them about over celebrating. And what was it, sixty second later? Uh, Madison steals the ball from Jorginho, who had the, who received the ball with acres of space. <laughs> I still don't know how Madison managed to get him from him, but he did. He well, charges him down. To, to be fair, right, Jorginho is fairly going to get the blame for that, right? Mm. But why the fuck was Gabriel and Saliba so split? You've just taken, you've just taken the, the start of the game from the centre spot. You're, you're not in an action. Why the fuck are you so split? You haven't got the ball. It's not like you're spreading out because you're on the ball and you need to get an angle. Why are you so split? How has Son just got through the middle? I'm sorry, how have they done it? Because he switched and off. They weren't. The whole team switched off. That's what I mean. Jorginho yeah. wasn't the only one. They all did. They thought they'd won. They thought they didn't have to, to be on it anymore. And they were very wrong. And it was beautiful. There's something about that club. I, I can't remember... I want, I want to say um, Rule de Roost was saying it because um, he, he tweeted about it as well. It's just that's just so performative. There's not much substance to them, and we saw them just crumble at the end of last season. 
everything seems like a, a show that's way over the top. Like you see Arteta on the sideline, practically on the pitch, doing some weird dances and crying and yelling and whatnot. There was the Ramsdale clap for Reyes' save, but way over the top, hands over his head. <laughs> what was that? Clap like a normal guy. Don't be a fucking weirdo. Look, the thing is, he can't see you. He's in gold. <laughs> he has no idea clapping him. It's so for the cameras and it's so forced and fake. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. and it came to bite him in the ass because they were they're doing their show. They were celebrating. They switched off. Madison wins the ball. Sonny slots it in and he shushes the crowd as he runs round the goal. Alavandavar to the Tottenham fans and there's just man the, uh, pandemonium and it's just, it's just mental in, in that away stand and I, I don't know I, I, God I wish I was there <laughs> I mean too. I was li- like the limbs just looked amazing and just to do it in front of them as well is superb absolutely superb and it's just something about their whole club it's like how many of them have to wear like replica kits <laughs> It's like a competition. You have to own every every one of the shirts. To be fair, the, the one thing they don't go, the one thing they don't go overboard with is their tifos. <laughs> <laughs> the most B Tech budget tifos you've ever seen. That little freaking corner. Watch what you say about the Ashburton Army. Yeah, they're they're tough as fucking nails, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a cringy club, like yeah. They've always been no. They've always been cringy. And I've some of my favourite players have been Arsenal players, and I'm not ashamed to say. It. You like Sir Denny Burkamp. What a player to watch. You likes listen. We hate Sol Campbell, but you can't take away how good he is as a centre back. Ashley Cole, one of the best left backs to ever be. You've, especially you've when he left. Robert Pires. Yeah, especially when he left. <laughs> um, Freddie Lundberg. Like they've had, they've had some greats. Yeah, but there, there was always some cringy shit always there whether it was Arsenal versus Man United and they were going over the fucking top all the time and there was always something it's about them you know those naff songs they make like that that yeah. they they had that Ashley Cole was the Chelsea you know what yeah. boy and they like they actually bothered to make the songs and the fans will love it and eat it up <laughs> that Thomas Party song oh my goodness North London forever what a joke North London forever when they're from Woolwich you know what I mean <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, they were a joke. And then I I found it hilarious how after the game, especially on Twitter, they tried to change the narrative. All of a sudden now, Tottenham's Cup final, look how happy you are with a draw. Nah, we were just fucking, it was just hilarious how wrong you were. You said it all with your chest and and now you look like mugs. I went went searching them spaces for people, I tell you that. (laughs) I was searching, they were hiding. And do you know what? And we'll make it. We'll make it truthful. Like, if we're gonna t- talk truthful, right? That game was bittersweet. It was sweet because of how it happened, but it was bitter because we should have beaten them. Mm. But, I think yeah. if he didn't get injured, and and he didn't want to protect Son, we could have gone on and won the game. But he, they they had to take Madison off. They couldn't leave him on any longer. It was just too much of a risk to take. We, this is the problem we are going to have. And as much as mm. I want to say everything's perfect. Our depth is a serious, serious issue. And anything happens to Madison, Son and one of the centre-halves, and we might have serious problems. I think when Gio comes back, it's less of an issue, but he's always seems to be injured. And we don't really know how well he's going to settle back in and stuff. Because obviously being away, and he's, he's slightly different from Madison. He's a bit, he does his work a bit further back on the pitch, doesn't he? But he's still a, next, a fantastically te- uh, technical player. 
But yeah, you, you say you want to protect Son, so let, let's move on then to the next game, which is Liverpool at home, I want to say. Is it at home? Yeah, such, a, yeah. such a sofa fan, I don't even look at the fucking <laughs> fixtures. Yeah, Liverpool at home, it's going to be a difficult one, isn't it, Ferg? For me, they're our kryptonite. Mm. Yeah, they are our kryptonite. They will punish us for the chances we gave Arsenal. I'm telling you, like, Dallow is becoming a different guy. But he'll finish those chances. And the other thing is he'll create chances for the other guys. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, like, really pessimistic about that game. I, I think, you know, we said that there might be a big bump in the road and we might get a score we're not happy about. If anyone if, if anyone was going to beat us 5-1, it's Liverpool, not Arsenal. But if, if Ange breaks the curse against Liverpool, Chris... We're winning the title, mate. Oh, are we? Are we going to do it? <laughs> There's no way you come away. Like, they just do everything that could possibly, I can think of, that counters what we do. And the issue that we've got with depth, I'm not being funny, mate. That front line they've got is ridiculous. They could start with Nunes if they want a big man. Or if they want to push hard, they go with Jota. Or if they want a bit of more playmaking, they can go with Gapko, who drops a bit deeper. They can bring in uh, Luis Diaz on the, on the left or Jota. They, uh, they just got endless options, endless options. Um, I think the midfield for me, very good. Subazai, you can't let him shoot from anywhere. Never you mind. Can't let him have the ball because he'll put the ball on a sixpence for for anyone as well. Mate, He's phenomenal. He does. Yeah. McAllister, I think we can get at him physically, but another very good player. Um, and it depends if he goes with Gravenberg, which I think he will. Um, he's probably one I'd target, but it might bite us in the arse because he's a very good player. But he's just come off a bad year, um, not playing games, and he's still settling in to Liverpool squad. Um, but yeah, they're just... The thing with Liverpool is, I believe we're going to need to take every chance. None of this two, three chances, because we've seen, even tonight... Like at the moment, they were losing one nil before we come on recording, and West Ham, West Ham, Jared Bowen scored. They could have been two or three nil down at one point. They'll let you have chances, but what they will do is they're so direct, they're so quick. Like if you think we're quick in the counter, they they average something like six passes before they're in from their half to the other. Mm. They're they're lightning quick, so they're going to give us our chances. We just need to bury them. And the thing is, Nunes, people might not rate him. But what I've noticed watching him is, yes, he might need one or two to to get hot and he'll miss them. But if you give him three or four, he's bagging them. You'll be you'll be delighted to know they literally scored a minute ago. Gakpo. Left by by numbers they've got. Like even if we think we're doing well, they'll just bring on a couple of subs and and, and attack us. He'll throw on like five forwards at times if he has to. Um, and they'll go really super direct. My big hope is we can get something out of Trent. Trent defensively is very suspect, but hopefully we hopefully I don't know what happened with Johnson. It looked like a hamstring. It looked like a, a bit of an issue. But his pace on like left hand side would would cause him issues. Um, I'm not convinced by Solomon, but if we can get if we can get at at, at their right hand side, then yeah, I, I'm fully with you there, Ferg. But um. What what do we think? We're going to hesitate a, a score line. What, what do you reckon, Ferg? I think they beat us three two. Unfortunately, 
I'm going not too pessimistic on the score. <laughs> Chris? I've got two in mind. Go on, mate. Yes. I reckon it's either going to be what we're thinking, and I reckon it'll be 4-2, because they're going to give us our chances, but they're going to just they're just going to absolutely destroy us in like the later stages of the game. Um, or I think we could we could possibly come out of there with a very, very hard full 1-1. Mm. I'm edging between the two. But that's that's Tottenham playing a similar way they did against Arsenal where the midfield just overruns. If the midfield doesn't overrun, it is going to be that 4-2, maybe even 5-2. Right. At the moment, I'll go for four-two prediction. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna go with four-one, and I don't, I don't know if it's, if it's because I think they're that much better than us, because I, I think they are a bit better. But um, I think it's mostly just because it feels like it's, it's coming. <laughs> and you're supposed to have slow starts where and stuff, and our slowest start so far is being was, was maybe the two-two at Brentford on the opening day. So I just, I just feel like it's coming. And um, I just, I just want to see how we respond to that. We've got some good fixtures coming up afterwards. I think it's Luton after after Liverpool. We'll so yeah, so um, yeah, I, I do think it's going to be a really really difficult day, and they they they're lethal. They they take their chances, and but but I do think you can get them. And their midfield, as as wonderfully technical as it is, I don't think it's as balanced as ours. They they haven't got a, a Basuma. Uh, they haven't got a, a workhorse like Saar or they've got Sabozai who's comparable with, with Madison, but I, I don't think it's as well balanced. So I don't know. I'm I'm gonna stick with four one just because I've I've got I've got to be a man of my word. Yeah, keeper's also annoyingly good as well. Yeah. <laughs> annoyingly the best in the world. Yeah. He <laughs> just doesn't he's and he's really, he's just super there's, there's no one close to him. There no. is no one. He's so far ahead. He's not even slowing down. He's not even slowing down. He just keeps getting better probably, and better. It's ridiculous. Uh, he's probably actually hitting his peak now. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah it's it makes painful. me sick how good he is, man. It makes me sick. Right. Right. Do we have any other business? Um, do we? I can't think of any. What's our... So we're after Liverpool, we've got Luton, haven't we? Yeah. Is yeah. it Poch's return after that? Uh, if he's still horrible, there. It's a little run. Don't we have to play like... Is it, is it November and December's horrific? Where we can't play like City and... Yeah, it's not uh, horrific because it's not quite as bad as Chelsea's. Theirs is a joke. Yeah, theirs is horrible. Theirs is horrible, but we've got like... It's something like Man City, Luton... Chelsea, then someone else, then Man City. It is one or two. So it's obviously Liverpool at home, and then Luton away, Fulham at home, Palace away. Then it's Chelsea home, Wolves away, Villa home, City away, West Ham home, Newcastle home, Forest away, and then it starts getting a bit more competitive. It's not not crazy. Does what date does that bring us? That Forest game bring us to? That's the 16th of December. Yeah. Cool. So Christmas, what we saying? That we have the break. Don't we have the break now? We're gonna have like a yeah, short Christmas before yeah, the break. So. It's it's Everton on the twenty third, Brighton on Boxing Day, Bournemouth on the thirtieth, and then it's Man United on the thirteenth of January. Right, I'm gonna call it now. If we beat Liverpool, the only point free, the only game that we're gonna lose up to Christmas is Man City. I reckon we'll be in the top three. Come Christmas, without running, no. but we have to be Liverpool. Yeah, 
I think I think City are going to batter us because it's fine. It has to happen now. <laughs> right? It has to they get, we can't, we can't get. This can't go on forever. <laughs> the, 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 Pep's just going to sign Jeko for one for one game. Yeah. Because Jeko used to batter us every time. <laughs> but, but yeah. Um. It, my my key concern is just the, the depth of the squad and us picking up injuries and in, in, when it gets busy. The, but the great thing now, the advantage we have over most of the other teams that go in for European spots is we've got one game a week for most of the time. And I think and. Uh, and we've seen it. Son's come off almost every game. Madison, he will bring off. Even a big game against Arsenal. From, he, he will from, rotate and I think he will protect a lot of the players. I don't think we're going to see too many injuries. No. No, but there's just bad challenges and whatever else happens. Oh, yeah, of course. The thing that I worry about. and um, be interesting to see. I really worry about if, if a doggy gets injured. I just... You can't bend Davis. I don't, I don't think you can injure that guy, man. He's a machine. Yeah. yeah, but then Hoiberg never got injured until he came to Spurs. Johnson apparently never got injured until he came to Spurs. No, Johnson so, had a few for him. Johnson's supposedly all right, apparently. Um, that's what they're saying, apparently. Yeah, I think Madison will play. Madison will yeah. be fine. I think Johnson yeah. might just miss out. Um, but I'm really looking forward to Brian Hill coming back. I think sure. Nick might be the manager. This might be the manager where we see him. He's, he's, he's perfect for him, though, isn't he? He can do different things, and, and mm. he likes having different types of, of wingers, especially to who can do different things in a game and change it up and, and make us less predictable than, than the person doing the same. But it's, it's, it's weird. We've been linked with that Sassuolo guy, haven't we? Another oh, yeah, Loriente. We really need another left-sided player at the time. Yeah. Oh, well, John, we John on a free. We'll see what happens there. <laughs> well, that wouldn't surprise me because you know we love a bargain at free. So, um, and he's an Ange boy. January's going to be big. We have to do some business. We can't just leave the squad as it is. We can't do it. We'll make like the typical thing of Levy to make do and just get by. We need to bring in. I, I think. I think as if it's a Madison cover and a centre back cover, I'm happy with just two. I'll risk Son. I'll risk Son and Richie. I'll take that. You've got Vellies as well. I'll take that. I think Kulu, Brennan Johnson, that side's fine. Um, I'm, I can take a rotation between Hill, Solomon, uh, and on the left, just to see which one works in certain games. Um, then you got you got Benny coming back. Our midfield's going to be the best in the world when he comes back. <laughs> Um, but yeah, might go, we might need to replace him though. Yeah, if we if he goes, that's what I mean. If we bring in just two without any outgoings, I'm happy for it to be a Madison cover and a centre back cover. In a weird way, I'd like another goalie um, who's proficient with his feet. Uh, yeah. I'm not, and if we could get that in January, it'd be great. But a, a younger guy who can be the backup, but someone who, if uh, Vicario gets hurt like he could have at the weekend who can do the same role because I just don't see any of the other goalies being up to it. I mean, obviously that kid, is it Keeley? Keeley looks good. Yeah, he looks good but, and so does Gunter. Gunter looks amazing as well. They're both so young that it's a lot to put on their shoulders. So I'd like another, maybe another keeper, but that could wait till the summer. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I actually hope to see our um, some of our youngsters be bled in because they're doing. I mean, was it like five wins in five so far? Something like seventeen <laughs> goals, Have one conceded. Yeah, I mean, he's Jamie Donnelly, five games, five goals, seven assists. Yeah, mad, mad, like so him. so good. I love Phillips. Like while we've got no established centre half, really for me the one I, I think we have to get in January is a left sided centre half cover. 100%. That would be catastrophic, I think, if we lost him and Ben Davis is playing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think you'll get any arguments there. Right, that feels like a, a good moment to leave it. <laughs> That's a wrap. So uh, thank you very much, Ferg, for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you back, mate. You're, you're welcome anytime. Uh, what's, what's your Twitter handle so the guys can get it? Yeah? It's uh, Senor Fergie. Um, so without without any yeah above the end, <laughs> so Sen or Fergie, uh, yeah I'm on there in spaces often with Christian and uh, yeah basically being silly Ninetch as well okay. another regular that you've had I mean, yeah he, he loves it on there so Dutch correspondent pick <laughs> up Ninetch right we'll we'll make sure we tag you in so the guys can find you no issues but yeah that's fantastic so um thanks again for listening to us this is our, probably i think this is the first time we've brought you twice two in two weeks in a row so it's monumental for us but yeah tune in and hopefully we'll have one for you next week come on you spurs